Okay. Speeding, speeding. The love hour. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Hour. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am not joined, as always, by my husband and co-host, the Kev on stage. (laughs) Oh, oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse oh. me. Sorry. <laughs> well, don't we look good? Where are you going? Going to a funeral. Oh, who died? Going to a funeral for my old face. Hello? <laughs> you understand me? <laughs> Beard coming in full. <laughs> so I'm got to go ahead and bury that old face. You <laughs> feel me? <laughs> Pleasure. What's the life and death? Kevin. Kevin. Nice. Oh, nice uh, birth to you to 30, It was 35. 35. Yeah, oh, gotcha. He wasn't able to make it to 36. You feel me? He just grew in this year. Amen. God bless y'all. I'll see y'all at the repass. <laughs> <laughs> so we are joined by my very extra husband. I'm going to do a yeah. male version of that shirt because clearly uh-huh. he outdo he outdoes me in the extra department. <laughs> However, I got to shout out my nails because I got my nails done and I asked for everything. Quite literally. You did the most. I did do the most. Uh, and I love them. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I do love them. So anyway, we are back at home, back in the States, back in the studio. And we have a very special guest with us. The specialist of guests. Uh, specialist of guests. Her name is Melissa. She is the owner creator of the Instagram page Sex Positive Family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Please welcome, tell us. A, welcome, welcome to Kevin on Stage Studios in we need hand claps, Serena. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. We're so, I'm like super actually very excited to um, have you join us today on the show. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, your page, your motivation, all the things. Yeah. So uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, so my uh, journey to the work around sexual health uh, has been over the last uh, little over a decade. So I worked in sexual health, in HIV and sexually transmitted infections um, for, uh, I'm in Austin, Texas, so I'm not. Hey, shout yeah, out ATX. ATX. <laughs> hey, oh yes, it, and it's living up to it. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I was working in HIV and sexually transmitted infections. Um, I'm a social worker, so I'm a licensed social worker out of Texas. And um, in working in that field, I definitely came to understand the importance of sex education mm-hmm. and how that can shape folks' sexual decision-making mm. and their how sex education can yeah, shape your sexual right de- decision making. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I heard that, that is good. I, I heard that. that. I heard that very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and a lot of folks that I was working with, uh, specific to HIV. Um, had stories to share because uh, a part of my work I had to interview folks mm-hmm. um, for services and you know to be in space with with grown you know men so sometimes interviewing folks that were in their 60s newly diagnosed and who part of their journey was that they had not even disclosed uh, certainly not their status but also the fact that they were gay to mm. their family, their mm-hmm. parents, you know, still to this day in their sixties. In that, yep, they're sixties. In their sixties, that's like Jay Z's mom. Yeah, she, uh, she was a lesbian, um, and then uh, in the song "Smile," I think it was yeah. on four forty four. She said she had to pretend she was a thespian. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's how Jay rapped it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he did that in the studio with the hand I switch. I literally can't take this. But uh, she had full kids and stuff, and yeah. she was a yeah. thespian, lesbian, yep. both. But the lesbian part um, into old age before she revealed it, yep. because back then, uh, I don't think you could have been as open 
uh, with your sexuality as as it is today. Yeah, definitely. And, and we still have a lot of work to do. And so just know, just seeing that the intersection of how those things affect oh, people's love that lives. Word. Yeah, it was intersection, word. intersexuality, affects, yeah, intersection. How people show up. It's important to be authentic and to be able to fully explain be fully expressed in that. So, so there was work, you know, in that regard. Um, I now teach. I teach sex ed. So I teach young people. They in still classes. teach sex ed. Oh, they do. Yes, they do. They better. I, yeah. well, I thought they took it out of schools. I know. No, well, so they did it with really Angel last year. That's or, right. Yeah, I think it was they last did. year. It was like, a, is it? Do you do like a two day course? So, Kev, you're bringing up a very excellent point here. So, the thing here in the U.S. is that sex education is not mandated. Um, mm. Consistently, it's different for every state, and then within every state, it may be different for every city. Uh, so, for example, Texas um, is you know horrible when it comes to all the things, <laughs> but, but particularly you know sex ed, it's not mandated. So, therefore, in schools, it's not required uh, to provide sex education. Right, um, and then when they do provide sex education, it is required that there's a focus on abstinence. That's so, what I remember. Yeah. And so that's in Texas, but every state is different. Right. Um, and so therefore, we're not sending consistent messaging to the young people in our world. And then therefore, they're not growing up to become adults who are prepared for right. sexual health and, yeah. and to navigate relationships and bodies and consent. And so thus, we have things like the Me Too movement. Right. You know? So uh, it's it's sex ed, sex ed is hugely important. Right. And it's not just about sex. That's the part that, you know, there's so much stigma, there's so much shame uh, around sex and bodies. Uh, but what we need to understand, and that's, that is at the root of the work of sex positive families, is that we are sexual beings as human Shoot. beings, right? <laughs> they ain't like, gonna tell me twice, you okay, know okay. me? <laughs> I be being sexual like and a sex. sexual being. <laughs> I'm here for that, right? Can you take the sunglasses off? Maybe it'll be uh, better. No, I can't. It's okay. a whole thing. Let's keep, let's continue. Oh, I don't need to see, baby. You got to see me understands yeah, me. it is really where we're endorsed. Oh, come okay, on, Okay, keep going, Melissa. I'm just so bright. Okay, don't so keep bright. interrupting our guests. Y'all <laughs> control him in the comments about interrupting the guests. Don't interrupt. Cool. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? So it's not just about that <clears throat> that love making, that intimacy. PMG. It's, it's not just about PMG. Oh, you're bringing up so many good things. So so I'm, I'm hoping I'm not going to forget all the things. Okay. But yeah, it's not just about PMG, right? Yeah. Um, so it's important that as parents, um, so part of my journey also has been as a parent. Mm -hmm. So I look, I look really young because it doesn't crack. But I actually have a twenty-year-old. So in what world? In what multiverse? Then you got a baby that's twenty. I'm telling you, an when you twenty-one in the world, yep. let's talk about some a sexual grown health. Adult, yeah, a grown adult. Yes, she's a junior in college over at UT San Antonio. Shut up. Yeah, I know. And so, so honestly, sex-positive families really was both influenced by my work, but also raising a child with attention to sexual health. I knew that I wanted my child, um, mm -hmm. I now have more than one, but at the time I knew that I wanted her to know her body. Mm. I wanted her to know pleasure and not rely on someone else um, to tell her what felt good. Sure. Because wow. when they know what feels good, they also can know what does not. Right. Yeah. And that is how they can stay safer. My parents um, didn't talk to me about sex at all. Yeah. Right? They were just like, don't have no kids. You have such a calming voice. I love it. Thank I you. love when people talk oh. and it like calms me down. Thank I feel you. like that's your voice right you now. You don't be calm okay. when I be talking. Okay, so I watch a lot of ASMR also. <laughs> <laughs> 
anything else you wanted to add? That was a fantastic yeah, intro. Was. No, just it's the the work that I do is a labor of love. Um, so I support parents um, and caring adults, uh, youth and family serving professionals around tackling these talks because many of us didn't grow up no. having these conversations. And so if it's not modeled for you, yes. then how do you know? How it was to too do taboo do and not the game. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was good. I'm good at that. If yeah. you don't know how, to, if it wasn't modeled for you, then you don't know how to right. Right. give it out basically. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Okay, so what I want to do now is go into our this or that. Okay. Um, and it's a topic or a segment that we have where we just have um, listeners send in this or that topics and we just, it's just fun. So the question is from Ashley Johnson. Thank you so much what for up, the question. And um, this is it. Would you rather, this is the one for Kevin. Would you rather have all of your hair turn gray by 25, however you have your hairline and no balding for the rest of your life, or your hairline start rapidly creeping backwards by 35, yet your vanishing hair still looks youthful and healthy with waves and there's no need for a do-rag to flourish? <laughs> oh, with waves, huh? Yes. They threw that in there? And you don't even need the do-rag to flourish. Your hair is just... Be living his uh, best life with no help, no juices, no berries. My hairline vanishes at what age? By 35. Starts creeping backwards rapidly by 35. Or I'll be gray at 25. Or be gray. But you're not bald. Oh, great. I'll have all my hair in bald. Yeah, you gray. turn gray by 25. However, you will have your hairline and no balding for the rest of your life. You're Do just I have all this gray. beard? Beard stays intact. I gotta keep the beard. You feel me? <laughs> I never really had waves like that. And uh, I never really cared about my hair that much. Never cared to brush Until it. it started. Until it started bending going. on the sides. That's what I'm saying. So. But as far as I never was like, oh, Kev's hair, man. That's what I like. So you're going gray. I'll go gray. And you like gray. You don't mind yeah, gray. Yeah, I don't mind gray You don't all. mind gray? Yeah. Morgan Freeman been gray since 1966. Yeah, that's yeah, stopped him. The prestige. Katina Mobley, yeah. Katina Mobley been gray for a long, a long time. It makes him look older, but um, yeah. I think that was easy. I think I would go gray, too. Yeah, i go gray. Okay. I'm not really afraid of gray. Yeah, I don't, I'm not either. That much. Yeah, I, I haven't gone gray yet, so the I don't know. The going bald part. Yeah, I think that's scarier, that right? That was way worse. Yeah, I think I so, too. I was like, bro, you ain't, why, why my hairline going away? Where you got, you got to leave early? <laughs> okay, let's, add, this is for you and I. <laughs> okay. Would you rather all your edges bow out by 25 and never come back, <laughs> yet your hair is flowing like milk and honey to your mid and back, or all your hair fall out by 35, yet it doesn't grow past... Wait, what? All your hair fall out by 35, but it doesn't grow past three inches. Three inches, but you have a healthy hairline for all your days. You only have three inches of hair? Yeah, but it just stays short. Oh. I don't really care about <laughs> longer short hair. Hold on. I, I want my edges. I'll have short hair. I just want my edges. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts? So I'm mixed, mm -hmm. if you couldn't tell. And so I couldn't tell. Yeah. I feel like my mixed radar is off. The mixedness. I just assume people are black. Yeah. I'd be like, how are you black? So I'm black and Latinx, particularly. Oh, that Latinx X came Puerto in Rican heavy. And Mexican. You ain't said nothing with that accent. Yeah. So you said, yeah. I'm, well, I'm black and Latinx. Latinx. Yeah. Nice. So hair has been definitely a, an aspect of identity mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and not and something that was projected. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. 
And uh, so really two years ago is when I took hair that was this long, you know, because it was like my dad would always be like, don't cut your hair. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Don't do anything with your hair. So it was always like controlled by sure. someone else mm-hmm. or defined by other people. Right. And so two years ago, I was like, I don't, yeah, I want my hair short. I'm gonna do whatever I want with my hair. It was like reclaiming, you know, my autonomy. And so, yeah, so now it's like, it, I don't even think it's three inches, right? Mm. whatever. Actually, um, I don't know. I'm yeah. a short hair wearer as well. I don't care yeah. necessarily. I care more about the health of my hair than the length of my hair. Yeah. Um, so as long as it's all there, child, it could be half yeah. an inch. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the with girls the in Wakanda hair. was dope with the Here we go. Melissa yes. high five. Yes. <laughs> she had to call her. I'm, I'm considering. I'm actually considering wanting to kind of really? go, go even it. shorter. Every movie T-W-A. women wear do that, G.I. Jane and set it off. It's so empowering. Yeah. When they cut their hair off, they're like, yes. yeah, I'm strong. Because society is trying, you know, tries to usually box us in. It's yeah, they what do. beauty is. Us. And that, you know, definitely lands and affects mm-hmm. us. Right. So, yeah. Speaking of like reclaiming your autonomy, Autonomy and your body and your mm-hmm. space. Um, I want to tell you guys about Simple Health. Simple Health is a fantastic online tool that allows you to gain control of your reproductive organs um, by offering simple, accessible, affordable ways to get access to birth control. Um, how it works is you simply go to simplehealth.com slash love hour. Please make sure you use the slash love hour and fill out an online health profile with your medical history, conditions and birth control preferences. Simple Health is designed by doctors and every patient is carefully reviewed by a doctor. So they're bringing the doctor's office to you, meaning you can skip the hassle of appointments and pharmacy lines, but still get quality care. Plus, their doctors and customer care team are just a message away. Nowadays, everything is all about convenience. Mm -hmm. I want access to all the people that I need, whether that's a doctor, whether that's my food, whether that's a mental health professional. Nowadays, you could do counseling online Mm -hmm. and. They're just a text away. There's an app for 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 everything. And so to be able to get access to a doctor whenever you need and it's convenient and get your birth control sent to your home, you don't have to go to the doctor or to the pharmacy. Child, sign me up. This time is the number one commodity you will not get back. So give me my time back. Um, So their doctors and customer care team are just a message away. Best of all, Simple Health is free with most insurance plans. So you can pay absolutely nothing to use this service every single month. And for those of you without insurance, it is still very, very affordable. Pills start at just $15 a month and shipping is free for every single month person that's, that's fantastic yeah. making these things affordable and accessible is definitely something that i feel is important and should be like a u.s initiative the annual prescription is usually twenty dollars but my listeners can try simple health for free just go to simplehealth.com slash love hour and love enter hour. the code love hour at checkout i want to mention that this isn't a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor you still need those for overall health speaking of which if you haven't done an annual exam which child, i need to go see my own doctor for that uh, but it is very important that you get your annual checkups that's how you get ahead of um cancer and that kind of thing early detection is the best way for um recovery um i want to mention again that this is not a replacement for routine checkups with your doctor you still need those for your overall health but it is the most convenient and comfortable way to get birth control try a better way to get birth control with simple health by going to simplehealth.com slash love hour or just enter love hour at checkout give it a try and thank me later okay so speaking of kids child Mm. 
Some of us got them. We didn't go to simplehealth.com slash love hour and get on that good old birth control. So we got these children running oh, we around. We thought we were on birth oh, control. And it failed. <laughs> and then what happened? Right. Was, That's what happened with my life twice. Um, hello? <laughs> So what I, the number one reason why I wanted to bring Melissa on the show, if this is your first time listening to the Love Hour, kind of give you a history on um, Kevin and I upbringing. So we both grew up very churchy mm-hmm. and um, so as churchy as we <laughs> grew up. I mean, this isn't like I don't think that I, I mean, I could say this pretty confidently churches aren't out here like maliciously giving out this information you know what i mean they don't understand one of the things you just said is if you can't if that behavior wasn't modeled for you you can't then give it out so Boom. i'm sure our pastors our pastors wives our parents, our parents are people pastors yeah. are people i told At my son yesterday day, parents are people we make mistakes you do what you think is best at the time you think that is best absolutely and i never i don't I ever think any pastor that I lived under right. was like, I'm going to teach you wrong on purpose. Right. I think people, what, what I think happened is we put so much into the pastor. We wanted them to be our our therapist, our financial advisor, our sex ed. And, and some they're not nobody's trained, well versed in all right, that right. stuff. So they they and, you know, they understand the Bible as they understand and life as they understand. And they more than likely are just teaching what they're taught. So until somebody else comes and says, hey, man, I don't even know if we need to be doing this or that, you know, but that time came after we were children. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, it was abstinence only. Right. Well, and more than just like the abstinence, abstinence tip, I think it was more <laughs> so that um, it, it breeded a culture of shame. Yeah. Yes. It breeded a culture Shame of guilt. Wizard. And so you And inequitably, if you yes. have a penis or if you have a vulva, if you're a boy or a girl, man or woman, it's very different. Yes. Now you went with vulva instead I of did. vagina. I did. Can I we know why. Go Do we want to go there? Go Well, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure I get my thing yes. out, Kev. You're deterring the conversation. Um, but one of the things I think is I want to make Let's sure we have a clear. I want to make sure we have a clear like time, like story that we're telling. Um, but one of the things that I think is so interesting is that I actually got your name from Shamira. Yeah, she says hello. Yeah, I love her. I, I just she's amazing. I just, just an amazing. Yeah, soul. I literally I just adore her. Um, but anyway, um, after her episode, I went on like this um, kick of like understanding the anatomy of my body, yeah. and to be honest, I was quite embarrassed um, because I am well was thirty five. I just turned thirty six. And I'm like, you mean to tell me the vulva's the outside and the vagina's not the... Like, how come I don't know these things? We've been lied to. We've been lied to. Hoodwink. It's not your fault. Bamboozle. I still was very embarrassed to not know. You know what I mean? I hear that. And so, like, I... So, tell him now. Yeah. So, you, you did well. That's a great segue. So, the vulva... Is are the external genitalia like right? the la- the labia the lips? So yep, the labia, which are the lips. You have the um, outer lips and the and inner the lips majora. and the menorah. Right? Yeah. And we actually are kind of moving away in sex ed from that language. That was great. I love it. No, no not from the oh, from the so menorah like and majora. Oh, tell us why. Um, and that aspect is just kind of because is that lip shaming, big lips, little lips. It can lips? be. Yes, exactly. Do the menorah feel like hey, we're just as valuable yeah, even though we're small everybody lips? Everybody is unique. So labia 
are all unique and you may have some labia majora that may actually be smaller than the menorah and oh. so so yeah there's a lot you know there's a lot in terms of like creating inclusive language and spaces when we talk about these topics to minimize the shame and the stigma so uh, but yes yeah, so we got the labia we got the mons pubis the mons pubis <laughs> is uh, that part that uh, usually has pubic hair the, um, growing so it's that, that upper part um, then you have the clit yes which the clitoris yeah. uh, which I have is that what's on your necklace yes so what's funny? What? Like clips around my neck. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And when we were in um, Amsterdam, was it? And I mm. saw Actually, a picture a of something, place. and I was like, "Yeah." It did look like a vulva. Yeah, yeah. Amsterdam's a great place for sex positivity. Man, oh, what? Yeah. I just told you my, talk about uh, a rude if, awakening. If you are in my book club. You heard our stories about. I heard. I only told one story about Amsterdam, um, and it was the very. Nobody was incriminated. How about that? Um, Mom's in there. Later. I know. Actually, I think she left. Anyways, yo, I'm out of here. But believe me, it wasn't. It was a toned down version, uh, t- very tamed version. Uh, but I agree with you yeah. that um, Amsterdam is quite free, eye opening. Yeah. I, I listen. I'm gonna tell a quick story. I don't want to deter. Okay. We didn't know how the re- I thought the red light district was a street. Right. I thought you had to go all the way to the red light I was, district. That's what I was trying was to say. Was unaware. So we looking for food. We just rummaging around. <laughs> you turn on a corner. There's a woman of the night. She's like gyrating at you. And across the street, they're selling crepes. Literally, <laughs> right. they're like, do you want vagine or Volvo no, or do you no, want no, no. Nutella? Chad, you got to go one. D- <laughs> Your nut or Nutella? Lady, it's lady of the night, crepes, cocaine. Yeah, oh, we can't even get to the drugs. And then just french fries. <laughs> All for sale next to each other. Like, hey, man, after you get that, you going to be hungry? Yeah, you fries we that? got waffles. Yeah, I quite, was like, Jesus. Quite entertaining. Yes, yes. So anyway, so the, um, yeah. go ahead. The vagina. So then we have the vagina. The vagina yeah. is going to be the internal canal. Um, and it t- tends to be in our culture centered around birthing and reproduction. Vaginal canal. Right. Um, but uh, but it doesn't serve that for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't serve that for everyone that has one. So. Really? Oh, oh I get that. Kids, right, right, right. Not, not everyone is going to have kids. kids not or everyone's going to have penetrative sex, right? right. With by a penis, and so, so yeah. So it's 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 shifting our language to ensure that we're clear about our bodies and the bodies of others Mm -hmm. and then kind of going to to young people and children it's so important that we're talking about all bodies when we're talking with our children that we're not just siloing conversations with you know well this child has a penis therefore I'm only going to talk about bodies with penises really I should talk to my children about vulva absolutely and menstruation and menstruation okay so let's 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 go straight there let's talk like right there how are we Framing and having these conversations with our kids, as an example, I have two boys, mm-hmm. having a conversation about ministration with my boys, like mm-hmm. how to approach that conversation, and then even going a, a little bit deeper, pun not intended, <laughs> I knew vaginal it. canal, uh, about, but some may be shallow. The val- that's, that's no, we're not true. shaming, right? We're not, we're shaming. not shaming the links. All yeah. canals matter. They're all good. All canals matter. <laughs> About the what's the value there? Like explaining like the importance of having that conversation. Like yeah. what does that do for, you know, again, two young men? Right. So if we're really wanting to disrupt shame in our culture, um, and especially, you know, we're in a time right now where reproductive health, reproductive justice, right? So we have people right now that are making decisions about bodies mm-hmm. and they 
and they're making it from a less informed place. They, oh, they, they have no no buy-in, no skin in the game, you know, mm-hmm. around it. Uh, they're folks with penises that no don't have... No skin in the game. Vulva, this is so no good person. because... May or may not, right? right. <laughs> there is a... Um, I want you... Oh, man. I want to do two parts. I already There's know. so many things. Yes. Oh. There is a... Um, don't be incriminating, Melissa. There is a person that I'm friends with on social media mm-hmm. and he created this thread and it was surrounding the idea of why women were saying that it was it was wrong for men in these positions to create laws that regulate women's bodies mm-hmm. when, his example, there's laws out there about seatbelts mm-hmm. and that regulates all bodies and it's a safety and this that and thirst um so what i wanted to say is that uh some things this is what i find there are some things as a woman i feel like i just intrinsically understand and like can understand like this is wrong but i don't know that i have the language all the time to like explain that to a man who comes from this perspective of like straight logic and it's like you realize these are not the same things yeah but, okay, go. But the moment you the moment you start talking about birth control for men, right? For folks with penises, the moment you start talking about vasectomies, right? Mm. Trying to do something with their body and their parts, um, and that this just has this just goes again back to this society, this culture that has elevated and prioritized men and maleness over and at the expense of women at the expense of right and bo- and, and and women bodies or female bodies and so um, so this is where it starts early if we mm. want to shift this if we want to change this if we want to create some better empathy mm-hmm. in our young people um, so that they can understand <laughs> yeah so they, they we need to help our our young because I have a nine-year-old son mm-hmm. um, and a five-year-old bonus son and so helping them to understand um, that the the world outside of themselves right. <laughs> is super important, right? Uh, That's be- actually a great place to start with overall understanding the world is like, there's more than you, the yeah. way you look, think, act, mm-hmm. or there's or the way other you people, were designed. or the way you were designed, and I didn't think about that ever. Yeah, And that is a great place for empathy, too. Yeah, As oh, soon for as sure. you start understanding, like, it's more than just you. It's right. just more. It's more than that. Yeah. Then it, you start. You can create that empathy. Right. So right. how do you model those conversations? Yeah. So my uh, nine-year-old, my mm-hmm. five-year-old, even so, uh, five-year-old, we were at Starbucks uh, one time, and uh, it was just he and I, and I didn't feel comfortable just having him, you know, like stand outside while I changed my menstrual cup, you know. So came into this. You know, they have big bathrooms. Yeah. Oh, you use menstrual cups. I too? do. Hey, now. I just got it done. I'm so excited. My life. Oh, they're fantastic. Right. And they've been around. That's what I just told Kevin. We've been, we, we just have been repressed and held back from these resources and these tools. Have that, you ever used one? I've never had one. Oh. Like, you but I want Yeah, no. You should. It's compl- it like makes sense to feel nervous about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It makes no, sense to feel nervous. No, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, if you've never used one and you're a woman, I highly recommend that you do. I find them to be um, better. Yes. I wouldn't want to gross you well, guys so out. There but are they're health better. benefits to they're, it. That was my yes. number one thing. I am a super, like, oh my God, I'm going to get toxic shock syndrome. 
syndrome. Like it, it freaks me out yes, and, and it always has. To live with that fear. Like we've been trained to fear that component and yes. to see periods and menstruation as dirty, as you know, disgusting as our bodies and oh, we smell. But then what you learn when you use menstrual cups is that the, the smell, any indication of smell was often a reaction of the bodily fluids intersecting Shut with up. the tampon yes. or the pad. Really? And the chemicals that they're using. Yes. That are killed, that are that are caught, that are toxic. They're toxic, right? Wow. So, so it's best if you are going to use those products, then you want to find organic um, products uh, and organic versions. Which now you can you can find those pretty yeah, accessibly. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole other conversation is accessibility around menstruation, uh, menstrual products. But uh, but yeah, the, the, just the fact to have that cup gives you that ability even to get more connected with your body. Oh, so listen, right? Total side note, but I'm so excited. Yeah. So, um, part of the uh, sorry, Joshua, I, I don't know. I Sorry. Don't apologize. Okay. We're open to the discussion Are you about open? your body. Joshua's here like... <laughs> I yes. always feel like in our marriage, Melissa is more fearful, weirded out about it I than am. I am. I'm like, you I making am. it weird. I'm not tripping. Because I you feel, tripping. I, I'm not I tripping. I do because I do feel that like, this is shame and dirty and gross and I don't want my husband to see that. And so, I don't know, I have a whole complex about it. It is. Been, we've been conditioned to see, to see things in secrecy and in silence when it comes to what's going on with our bodies. Uh -huh. um, but you know, like, you can go into bathroom stalls and you might see drawn, you know, like... So we were watching Euphoria last night. I was like, man. Oh, y'all going all Hold the way. on a second. Y'all going all the way in. Okay. Let me tell you what, before okay. we're all off, because I wanted to hear the story about your son. We just doing, I know. We're just Let's do any exciting I actually was going to make this video today. We watched two episodes of Euphoria, and I was about to homeschool my children. <laughs> I was like, man. What? Because yeah. my high school experience was not like that at all. Yeah. So to see that, I'm like, bro, y'all be going through. Yeah, it was different. Like it was, it was yeah. very much wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let me it tell is, this story. It is sensationalized in there. It is. Oh, of course, I do of see. Course. I teach in, in in high schools and middle schools uh, around sex ed, and they are ha they they are seeing these things. They are having these conversations. They've got this. Yeah. So They're true. on Pornhub. So right. True. They're yeah. there. And so how Pornhub are we preparing was on the site them? On Euphoria. Yeah. yeah. So how are we preparing them to understand what's going on in the world around them? Right? Oh. How are we giving them that framing? We cannot shelter them. You, The homeschooling will only last for so long. Oh, you already tell me I can't do what I want to do. You can homeschool them. And just be aware again. You still need to be having conversations with them, Man, right? Never mind. I'll put yeah. them out in the world. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't even want to tell my story. I want to go back into like framing this conversation. But before we do that, um, I wanted to go back to Euphoria because one of the things that they don't have, um, or we didn't see in Euphoria, was school lunch. <laughs> No, at all because drugs, it's, penises, but yeah, no all of lunch. that because it's not grounded in real life. But in real life, you have to cook. Yes, and one of the things that makes it easy to cook is Green Chef. Woo! Green Chef is amazing because love again, it. convenience. You know what I love about it? Even the, the convenience is so important. We toured literally. I've been on tour since January, since January twenty something, and and we stay in nice hotels all over the world. But there's no food like home-cooked mm -hmm. food on your stove. The last time what we got was the uh, flatbread pizza. Mm -hmm. Super simple, very easy to make. Actually, um, Greg is now a fan. Greg, you're a fan of Green Chef? <laughs> he said very much so. And part of the reason is because sometimes men's don't be knowing how to cook. I don't. And so to have a recipe card with pictures mm -hmm. and pre-portioned seasonings makes it 
Z, men, plan a date it's night. It's nearly impossible At to mess home, up. home date night for your wife. Get Green Chef there. Get you a glass of wine. Child, you got a whole situation there that might work in your whole mm-hmm. entire fa- favor. And this is the thing about, <laughs> yes, it may end in the shirt. Um, this is the thing that's great about it. They have meal plans that are inclusive for everyone. They have paleo. They have vegan. They have vegetarian, pescatarian, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore options. You can get it for a family. You can get two people. They have, it's all different types of customizable. This is what we want. Everything is hand-picked and delivered right to your door. Recipes include pre-made measure sauces, dressing, spices, and you can do all the things in less time. Enjoy clean ingredients you trust seasonally source for peak freshness with Green Chef. For a total of $75 off, that's $25 off your first three boxes, go to greenchef.us slash love hour 75 love hour 75 listen people this is greenchef.us slash love hour 75 love hour 75 again for a total of $75 off that's $25 off each of your first three boxes go to greenchef.us slash love hour 75 again greenchef.us slash love hour 75 love hour 75 and of course we want to tell you about our friends over at Lola they are in our love hour starter package Mm. this is great Lola has organic cotton tampons pads liners they have um sex juice which is called lube lube Lube. but i kind of like sex juice (laughs) help me jesus i'm just we talked about amsterdam where it's just a lot that's happening right now um and so we just talked about the organic if you're uh fearful of the toxins that you're uh, potentially putting in your body definitely look into organic um lines of products such as menstrual products such as Lola. Lola's subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Lola is known for its line of period period products made with organic cotton. Lola additionally offers sex products made with women in mind. I love products made with women in mind. Sex for Lola is a line of gynecologist approved sexual health and wellness products, lubricated condoms, personal lubricants, and cleansing wipes designed first and foremost for women. The Sex by Lola line is available for subscription. You can add to your period subscription so everything is conveniently delivered to your door at your ideal schedule. Um, We have used the lubrication uh, I should try their. Um, I should try their line of cotton uh, organic. Yeah. I'll try it and let y'all know. Um, until now, our only options have been products aggressively marketed toward men and their desires. What about our needs? What about women? At Lola, a woman <laughs> comes first. You should be empowered to make decisions about your sex life. For forty percent off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter Love Hour when you subscribe. Love Again, hour. that's visit. You're going to visit mylola.com and enter Love Hour when you. Love Subscribe. Okay, child, that was a good segue. We, we talked about sex there. We talked about tampons. We talked about all the things. I want to go back to your son and Starbucks. Yes, that's where I want to go. Okay. Yeah, so um, 
so it was it was it was a what could seem like a dilemma was okay. that oh you know I'm menstruating and need to change my cup out and for cup users you know it is not the same thing as having tampons and potentially you know just throwing it away and then inserting another one you got to wash this thing out you mm-hmm. know it's it's the most um, and so I had that moment where I was like you know this is this is going to be a time where I know he's going to be watching and looking because we're really uh, big on not imposing shame um, and so having an openness I didn't want to say you know turn around and all of that because all of those things can send messages because kids are curious by nature oh, you actually so teach them not to be curious exactly. and they don't mean any harm they're literally just asking questions right. like oh so what's, what's up with that what's up yes. with that cup and we don't want to shut them down. We don't want to shut that curiosity down because it's again, it's a, it's a way to keep them safer. Yeah. We want them to know how to speak up and advocate and you know talk about things that they're curious about because then they can identify when something doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, yeah, sure enough, you know, he was just standing there and you know I'm just doing my thing and and then he asked, you know, what are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm changing my menstrual cup. And then I said, you know, my menstrual cup, I I bleed, you know, once a month for a few days um, because my uterus, which he knows about the uterus because we've talked about that when we Slide talk about mm-hmm, yeah because you know where babies come from questions mm-hmm. you know they the, again their curiosities uh, so he knows that uh, babies don't grow from tummies from the stomach because you know acid <laughs> and that they grow out of uteruses and so I say yeah each month when I'm not having a baby I bleed because that blood would have been the safe place for that fetus to grow and so you know just matter of factly and I'm just washing it out mm-hmm. you know and all that stuff um, and he's like okay you know like they you explained it like you put gas in a car yeah, like oh yes right? when I need to put gas in the car it runs out you put yeah. it in and the car keeps going it's only awkward if you make it awkward. It's only awkward if you make it awkward. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, and then, yes, if you're if you're having that conversation with them when they're, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, by then they've received all kinds of other messages mm. from the world. They've already picked up on your own discomfort mm-hmm. or not wow. around these things. Yeah. They pick up on what is uh, acceptable or safe or right to talk about or to be around. Um, I don't know if, like... If I don't know if anyone else here grew up this way, but you know I had to turn around when sex scenes were on the TV. Mm-hmm, so did I. Yeah, you had to turn around, but they didn't mute it, so you had to still listen. <laughs> I had to still That's listen to this point. and act like this so was like, not turning so you're me just on. Playing it in your <laughs> right, right, right. right, I'm just like, oh my god, you know. But it so it creates this curiosity that you an untapped curiosity. I wasn't allowed to talk about it or ask about it because an I could, untapped curiosity. Right? We couldn't like, even watch that in my house. You, yeah, that wasn't happening. We didn't at even all. get to listen to Anita Baker. No. Oh, I know it's a whole thing. Don't shame me. I will not shame you. All music. I need to be inclusive of all music types. Okay, so I have this question. Um, Oh, I wanted to go back really quickly. So, what would you say is? um, I guess is it creating empathy? Let me just ask my question. The value in having a conversation with your son about ministration. Mm -hmm. You would say the value to that is Uh, awareness. Right. So and him knowing that uh, bodies are not shameful, they're not something uh, for to be kept secret. Um, And then we can have the conversations and we do have the conversations around private parts. Right. When we talk about safe and unsafe touch, all of those things. But in general, bodies are not shameful. They're natural Mm -hmm. Um, and bodies have functions. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about bodies in terms of functions. It's important that they know these things Mm -hmm. and that and then we as parents get to be the ones to. Um, instill this information and not rely on the world to teach them 
that's really important because again that curiosity will lead them to ask questions elsewhere mm -hmm. or to seek out information elsewhere that are not trusted or informed sources yeah. it's an opportunity for you to inject your own values whatever those you know uniquely are um, and you just have greater influence that way I like when it. you, you uh, when you approach their curiosities you respond to their curiosities and then they know that you're a safe place that they can come to um, no matter what the journey has so on the note of your being a safe space i think all parents we want to be that safe space mm -hmm. for our kids to come to and have these conversations um but oftentimes we're uncomfortable ourselves mm -hmm. um or we just simply don't know what to say mm -hmm. so how are you or how would you say like as a parent i want to have a conversation with my kids about um let's go to sex and i want to have a conversation with them about abstinence or you know i want it to be circling around like my moral values but i don't want to be i don't want to like instill shame i don't want to yeah. instill guilt i don't want to have like a negative relationship with um I don't want to establish a negative relationship with sex with my child. So how do you have those conversations with them? Like, what does that conversation look like? And then if I could just take it a little bit further so I could just let you talk is a conversation around consent. Mm -hmm. Kevin and I had a conversation with our boys with the Me Too movement yeah. about consent. And I think we did OK, but I would love to hear like your perspective on that. Yeah. Ooh, OK, good questions. So um, ideally, the conversations are starting early and you're building a foundation around these topics. The early conversations are not going to be about sex mm -hmm. you know, necessarily. You're, the, the building blocks are around body awareness, just helping them to understand their bodies. And so, you know, when you're changing them or they're bathing, you know, these are opportunities to point out all their body parts, not just head, shoulders, knees, and toes, um, but head, vagina, shoulders, knees, and penis, toes, penis, and balls. balls. Yeah. It, there's a really really great book that doesn't I doesn't have the same ring to it because mm -hmm. it, uh, it may not but I feel like you could work with I it. could work with okay. it <laughs> shoulders penis balls penis balls right there there you go who cares about knees and toes man them penis and balls is before you get to knees and toes yeah and I like the meat and balls it's the syllables you said knees that without toes, laughter and, right so those things are normalizing balls. that these are just body parts right and everybody and yeah. all people have bodies right um, there's a book that I like to plug for folks especially um, with younger children um, by Dr. Lex Brown James, um, and it's um, these are my eyes, this is my nose, this is my vulva, these are my toes, and it's a great book. <laughs> oh yeah, vulva is in the title. Vulva, I've been using the wrong word a lot. But that's and it's probably, all right. If you when you put it like that, it's not. It's just these are my eyes, my nose, my vulva. Can you shorten yeah. it? My vulva, my toes. My vulva and my toes. My yeah. vulva oh, <laughs> and my toes. Yeah, right. So again, the more we normalize <laughs> these things and get comfortable. So um, it, starting the conversations early. But, but really, the work has to start with us as the adults. And us really, um, and especially if you're in any kind of partnerships, you know, or co-parenting, raising young people, ideally you're, you all are having conversations that kind of unpack and reflect on what your own sexual health journeys have involved. Yeah. And especially as it relates to when you were growing up, what did those conversations, if there were any, what did they look like? What did they involve? Right. What are the messages that you internalized about your own body, about relationships, about consent, about sex? Um, because you're going to bring those things into Absolutely. parenting. Um, Absolutely. And children uh, from the moment they're born, 
the, you know, we're sexual beings. Uh, one of my favorite sexologists, Michelle Hope, uh, she says from womb to tomb, right? We're sexual beings. And it's important that we know that, that it's not just about sex. Sexuality is not something that we're aging into, uh, you know, when we're horny teenagers. Right. Right. It's with us uh, lifespan. And so when we can view uh, children as humans that are going through, you know, a, a sexual journey and a sexual experience, um, then we shift our mindset to preparation. How can we prepare them for healthy, satisfying sex lives? If sex is something, because again, not, not all people desire sex, you know, you have asexuality. Right. Um, and so how can we prepare them for their, for their journey, right? I really like the framing that you just said. If you look at us as sexual beings and it is our job to prepare our children for healthy sexual experiences later in life or like have that healthy then it's a completely different experience or it's a completely different perspective than it is my job to ensure that you're a virgin until you are married right that control so again like policing the bodies of our children if we get them accustomed to that then it makes them much more vulnerable to abuse to trauma really? oh yes oh yes because again if they're if they're always waiting for someone else to tell them uh that they can speak on something or that something or someone is safe or not mm -hmm. as opposed to getting them in touch with their own instincts right we mm -hmm. all are born with instincts and unfortunately we are pulled away from that uh, through societal conditioning and all of mm -hmm. this right we're, we're pulled away from that most often uh, and we rely on other people or systems to tell us you know if, if this or that is good or if we like that or not it can happen a lot in, like at the dinner table, mm -hmm. right? In, in food and uh, being forced to eat, you know, past the point of being full. If you know that you're full and if your young person knows they're full, if they've had enough or they don't like that food, you know, or they like this food, uh, not creating a power struggle. We do that, that with our kid. I, I We've done better. Kid. We've done better, but he, I love him. He is literally well, the worst. Well, just lay that out there. You love when him. When it comes to eating food, he is literally, he's yeah. not even consistent in his own likes and dislikes. Right. I don't like chicken next day. All chicken nuggets. Listen, bro, I want to be open to your love. But you got to give me some stuff. So true, though. I love macaroni. Eight macaronis. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. So he's exercising his autonomy and his right to choice in his voice. There ain't no right to choice in here, boy. Eat this or go to bed. That is your choice. And you know what? That's so, what my parents did. And that's not really a true choice because I'm hungry. Yeah. But if you're hungry for what I made, then you go to bed. Yeah. I can't eat that, though. Yeah, but it sounds like you are figuring your way to kind of navigate yeah, we that. Because you're acknowledging you kind of knew growing up under that ways in which that might have affected mm -hmm. your understanding mm -hmm. of your own body. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so ideally, we're starting. We're having these conversations. We're having this awareness early before they're teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about consent, consent is not just about sex. And consent is very much about uh, its permission, right? And so something that is very active in my home that I certainly didn't grow up with was when it comes to physical touch, you know, hugs or kisses, um, we ask. We ask each other, may I give you a hug? May I give you a kiss? Mm. And when... Uh, someone sets that boundary so definitely you know my there are times when my nine-year-old doesn't want to hug and just because I want to hug is who am I to impose my body onto him mm. just to fulfill my desires right. and my needs so if we just kind of think about that right that, I've been doing that with my son because he was like really like, I know right he was like oh no don't hug me and stuff so then I'd be like can I give you a hug and he'd be like nah I'd be like <laughs> 
please? And he'd be like, no. I'd be like, no, then fine. Then go to bed. So I love, so yeah, I love that. That's when they can say no to us, right? Then that prepares them. Oh, you better be say no to, to anybody else. Boundary. If you tell me no, because yeah. I'll fire on you. Because at the end of the day, it's just um, a position of authority. Yeah. And so if you can say no to a position of authority, then you have. You're prepared. Right. Yeah, you're prepared mm-hmm. to do that in all aspects they of your life. They have to practice, right? So these 18 years, this is a training ground. This is a practice ground for them. That. University of life is that in your house. Yes. And if we're not giving them the space to do that, which means sometimes we have to step back so they can step up. Mm-hmm. Right. That means that we again it's not all about our agenda all the time and, sure and a is. lot of us did not grow up like no that. it is you're right you know it's and our parents agendas period point blank yeah and and so i just i just ask folks you know if i get it that we may not be comfortable with that but how did that work out for you bro mm, you know like where question. where we be that's what i know we gotta say our thing we actually can keep going because i think this is going to go a bit long okay one thing I don't whoop my kids. Me and Alyssa haven't whooped our kids. We don't. And you've never ever. I used to. Okay. I, I, I remember the moment that I former, realized former whooper. Yeah, yeah, I was a former whooper. <laughs> I remember the moment I realized it was kind of yeah. dumb. My youngest son hit my oldest son. Yeah. Right. So I hit my youngest son. It was like don't hit him, and I popped him, and then I was just so like we're all just hitting each other. What, that, that literally, that, I, what does that teach yeah. you? If you hit him, I'm gonna hit you. I literally you know had I mean? the same revelation in Europe. I said if you hit him again, I'm gonna hit you, and I was like. Girl, what? Right. So, uh, oh, so on Twitter, there's always this this discussion about corporal punishment and how, as black people, we grew up and look how we turned out. We didn't turn out great, though. We did it. There's a lot of ways where we have, we were failed Mm -hmm. by that. And this was a culture of parenting. This wasn't just like our parents, like me and Melissa's parents or your parents. This Mm -hmm. was like, black parents Caribbean parents African parents it was like everybody raised their kids like that about getting whooped and stuff and then it's like so what what you end up doing I realize um, one of the Maori sisters said this on her show she said that the reason it's easier to whoop your kids is because in order to discipline them without hitting them it takes much more patience much more time, mm-hmm. much more care to take the time to explain why you shouldn't do this and then to repeat yourself. Yeah. As parents, my parents, I don't, they what weren't in the don't business of repeating themselves. What you don't want to do is, I better not have to repeat myself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in order to parent, you really do have to repeat yourself right. mm-hmm. because there's so many things in life that you don't get the first time or you right. don't understand or you make the same mistake. Exactly. Um, so it actually makes a lot of sense that we change a lot of that thought process because it didn't really work out for us the way we right. we did. We right. say we're good and we're fine, but no, right. no. Because then how good are we at conflict resolution? You cannot walk up into a workplace so setting and just, and hit, just hit people because, <laughs> you know, they didn't do what you wanted them to do. That's a so good point. That you only works know what to in do. that dynamic. Yeah. Right. Your parent's a kid. That yeah. that resolution. Because of that power. Because and of that you're power. Not and even why are we wanting to exercise that kind of power oh, and, and, you know and render them powerless? I think it was because a lot of times we didn't have power in other places in our life, 100%. but we have power over our children. Thank you. So we exert a lot. That's that generational trauma. Yeah, and, and then the thing is about work, you said that. trauma. Yeah. Um, what you thinking about, Joshua? I know, just, I'm, I'm stuck on the whole, when she was talking about setting boundaries. Yeah. And I feel like, because uh, I know somebody and now I, I realize that they've asked somebody they first met, oh, can I give you a hug? Just because, like, you never know how they're going to react. You yeah. just, like, put your arms out. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't necessarily know what they might have gone through in the sense of, right. oh, I appreciate that boundary to be set. And then I remember she said one time that she really respects when people sets the boundary because, like, okay, now I understand where you're coming from. You may be more timid to sure. yep. affection. 
something might have happened in the past. Exactly. Or just that day. Exactly. You just might not be into it. You know, and that's I, the thing about consent. Life yes. Can I don't want to belabor this point, but one thing I thought, I don't know where I heard this, but someone once said uh, on Twitter, I think it was, I don't know where I got it, but they said, we don't allow children to have bad days mm. or be in a bad mood. Yes. And we at that age in our life, we have days we just don't feel like whatever. Mm-hmm. But we feel like our kids should always be happy because look what I've done for you. Look how I treated you. You should always I'm be happy. To that. Some days they just okay. and we took my son to he's a soccer kid, loves soccer. We were in Spain and we took him to uh, Barcelona's stadium. Nice. Right. To like look around and stuff. Melissa, when I tell you this kid was just not in the mood for it. Mm. And I was like, we didn't make a big deal of it. You know, me, Melissa, Josh, Tahir, Zay, even Zay, who doesn't care about soccer at all, was like, oh, they're in, oh cool. <laughs> this is where they kick the ball, and this guy tries to stop the ball. Interesting sporting activities. Yeah. So, I mean, we there for like two and a half hours, and this kid had an attitude for two hours and mm. 20 minutes. We're leaving, you know, they force you through the gift shop. Gift shop. Melissa in all her motherly wisdom, says, hey, would you like, after having an attitude the mm-hmm. whole time, because my black inner yes. black parent was like, boy, if you don't understand, we brought you all the way to Spain. <laughs> no, and you know, the kids did. in Africa, I don't know what my mom's whole thing, and the kids in Africa yeah, didn't yeah. gotta finish their food. We brought you all the way to Spain, like this is what I'm thinking. We brought you all the way to Spain, pay this money here, mm-hmm. so you can see a stadium in the world. You know how many kids never get to see any of this? And you, you know, I mean, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Didn't do any of that. Nice. We're just having a good time. We got VR stuff. I'm talking about the worst VR experience of it my was life. Terrible. We had a messy experience thing. We had tried to get in, but that didn't work out. So Melissa is like, "Would you like a, a souvenir from from the store?" I mean, this is full euro prices, no yeah, sales. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Nike official store. Barca Nike store. This kid eyes lit up. She let him get some cleats, and I was looking at her like, "Girl, <laughs> you know these cleats is for sale in America for nothing. These is why are you gotta let him get the Barcelona cleats from the Barcelona team? So he he show got them some out. cleats. He show them off. He, he got a Barcelona water bottle, a Barcelona oh. a pencil case, a Barcelona backpack. He did. His whole mood." Shifted. Nice. He was so happy. And then he, so he had soccer practice yesterday. He got the backpack. He won't even use it for school. Nope. He's like, no, nah, this is my soccer backpack. He the wore his Barcelona bottle. jersey. I had bought him a jersey. He acted like he wasn't excited when I bought it. And he's all excited. And now I was thinking, after she did that, he now has a positive memory yes. from that experience. Mm-hmm. Where in, it, it, had we made that whole day worse, it would've been an entire negative experience. Yes. But now since we didn't make a big deal about him being in a mood that day, and Melissa allowed him to feel his feelings, and then didn't, I don't wanna say reward him, she just offered him a souvenir even though he was in the greatest mood. I was like, you know, he probably is gonna have, he's only gonna remember that part. Right. When he tells his friends, oh, I got a backpack, and my mom let me get my cleats from there, and I'm the bougie one. But I'm not Spanish cleats bougie. I was like, fam. Because he rang us up. I was like, bruh, and euros? You know? So um, I just, it was interesting as a parent. He'll remember that you you all were the ones that took him there, that brought him there through your effort. All of that will be attached to that too. But what you probably have touched on were his love language. And just because y'all's love language, just because y'all's love language might have been, you know, this act of service, you know, his might have been gifts. That's true. I actually should do a love language for kids. Yeah. He has to be gifts. Well, he's definitely quality time, but I wonder where gifts falls in there as well. 
Maybe yeah, and you can, you can do it for something, kids. man. It is. It's a lot. I would. I say this often as a joke, but it's absolutely true. I was trained more to put burger patties in a grill oh, at 100%. Burger King than to raise human beings. Absolutely. I had to spend a week. In food handlers prep, I had to take a class. They just gave me the baby when we had Zayza like here. I was like, oh, ho, ho. How do you know I know what to do with this? Do you have a car seat? I couldn't even get the car seat strapped in. Goodbye. Yeah. Y'all trust me with this? Ain't no parents' ed. I had to take driver's ed. It's ridiculous. You know what's funny is how much we're ill trained on is a lot of women out here don't know their bra sizes. For real, girl. That's a whole other thing. And when you don't know your bra size, child, your bras be uncomfortable. So let me tell you about my favorite bra company. Third Love. Third Love. I love Third Love. I am actually going to do a giveaway. I will be giving away a Third Love bra. I think that they are phenomenal. They have their signature half cup sizes. They have uh, bra cups that are designed to be to the specific shape because breasts are all different shapes and stuff. Shape of you, like and so they're more inclusive. This is my new favorite word nice. um, with all of the things. More like boob-clusive. <laughs> We'll allow it. Cool, cool. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. We know these things because I just said these things. Uh, all you have to do is take their Fit Finder quiz. It takes less than 60 seconds and it helps you identify your breast size and shape, thus allowing you to find the perfect bra that's going to fit your body. Third Love has a 100% guarantee, fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't, like it return it and third love will wash it and donate it to women in need reruns returns and exchanges are free and easy hands down the most comfortable bra i own i 100 i say that i mean that I stand by that. Um, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they are offering our listeners 15% off your first order. All you have to do is go to thirdlove.com slash love hour now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash love hour for 15% off now. Okay, so we have a few listener questions. Wait, before we get to those. Go for it. I want to ask a question. This wasn't on the docket, but okay. this is on the docket for Go, Kevin. Kevin. All right. How do you talk to your kids about beating their meat? Oh, oh masturbation. And yes. I'm going to tell you why. This is actually one of the questions, so go. Okay, here's the thing. Full disclosure, in the Christian faith, you are taught that masturbation is a sin. Uh, I don't know the specific scripture, but it talks about spilling seed. One of the brothers was spilling seed. And when I was growing up, I was like, yeah, boy, you can't be out there spilling that seed. Yeah, man, you can do that. Yeah. Understand the eyes and the lust. You know, so when I was a boy, I was like, okay, man, can't be doing the spilling seed. Didn't stop me, though. Right. It only made me feel bad after I finished it, which was a lot of times my whole experience. A lot of stuff I was taught, it didn't really stop me. I was just like, yeah, heard it all before. I'll be the one to decide if I should do it or not. Tried it with dishwashing liquid the first time, by the way. I know that's not healthy. I've actually never said that out loud. Was it for cleanliness component? No, I just, my friend told me he had did it with uh, uh, Ajax. Were you making bubbles? With no. Ajax? <laughs> literally, literally. It took her two minutes to get that word out. <laughs> my boy was like, bro, you got to try it with this. Because he had told me. 
So when we use it to wash our hands, I figure if it's good enough for my hands and dishes, okay. it's good enough for my weenie. Okay. Uh, wasn't a great experience. Uh, didn't like it. Stayed away from it for, for many years as a result. Although it did get the streaks out. And uh, <laughs> grease stains, no problem. <laughs> but um, uh, later on in life, I, I found somebody I was re- it was actually a pastor who who was talking about it, it was a sex positive pastor not sex positive but he was a pastor him and his wife were talking about masturbation and how you're taught he, he talked about that scripture and he was saying in context that scripture was about o- upholding a law where if your brother died if I'm the younger brother my older brother dies and in order to keep the family lineage alive I'm supposed to get his wife pregnant mm-hmm. and the spilling seed wasn't masturbating it was pulling out and you know Semening, Sperm, yeah. sperming on the ground instead of getting the. I was going yeah. sperming your sperms on the ground, on the ground, <laughs> on the ground instead of the woman, so you didn't have to give her a baby. Okay, and then he said, think about it. That scripture is pointing to spilling seed for men. What scripture do you point to for women? Mm. And I was like, I. I don't know. Left out the conversation. Left as usual. out the conversation totally. As usual. And then he said something use. that I don't yeah. know, and I'm not, not going to argue technological or seminary stuff because I didn't go to seminary. But he said, and I don't know if this is an article, I mean, true or not, but it was funny. He said, think about it. This is a pastor, 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 before you guys destroy me in the comments. Um, I actually don't read a lot of comments when I say controversial stuff because I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> he said, you can't tickle your own feet, but you can masturbate to you know, to the finishing. Wouldn't if God didn't really want you to do it, why would you be able to? Right? So then it just threw me for a loop. Because a lot of things in life, you're taught one thing, you believe it. Your whole life. And then later on in life, when you're much older, you're challenged. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, if I believe this, then was that wrong or this wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and then so uh, that same pastor was talking about, well, you're gonna be next thing you're gonna say, which is what I was gonna say, what about your eyes? You gotta watch porn and masturbate, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And he was like, um, and he was saying that everybody doesn't have to watch porn no, to yeah. masturbate. No. You don't have to necessarily think about impure thoughts. Sometimes you just, you know, do what you do and you can, you know, finish the thing. And then the thing that really wanted me to talk about it is once my foundation was like shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now I know I'm going to have to talk about this with my kids because I know their friends are going to be talking about that. But I don't even know what to say because right. I don't know what I think. Right. Okay. And I don't want to teach them a wrong idea just because that's what I was taught. But I also don't want to, you know, avoid the subject entirely because that's going to leave them to learn from their friends and TV and movies. Yes. And I also don't want to say the wrong thing. So now I ask you, a person who speaks with children a lot about this, yes. What do I do? Tell? You come from a Christian perspective? I do not. Do not. Yeah. Okay, so speak. I grew up in, with <laughs> Catholicism. Uh, being oh, that's infused more shame and Catholicism oof. than than Christianity. Yes, and so that definitely influenced why I live the way that I live, and uh, especially around sexual health, and mm-hmm. because I know what it's like to have all that shame, you know. Right. Um, but uh, love, love, love to talk to young people about. Uh, pleasure and masturbation. Uh, lots of different reasons why. Uh, you know, one is that it's a safe way to enjoy pleasure and to enjoy mm-hmm. your body, right? Um, and when they get to know their bodies, when they get to know themselves, then then they can be in a better position to invite others, mm-hmm. right, into into the party, into getting to know themselves and their body. <laughs> to the party. <laughs> yeah, you know, not relying on someone else to tell them what feels good. They, they already know for themselves. Mm-hmm. But, um, what we need to recognize is that the penis and the vulva, particularly the clitoris, um, have the most nerve endings 
compared to other parts of our body, right? right? And so these are very sensitive body parts Mm -hmm. by design. And so, you know, they're going to start touching and exploring their own body many times in infancy, mm-hmm. right? They're touching, they're feeling around. And, um, and so those are opportunities to lay those early, that early foundation that isn't shame-based, right? So not swatting them away or, you know. Um, I've seen that happen a lot of times. Yeah, right. You get, that, you get your hand off that man-man. Yeah, because if we're sexualizing children. Right. Right, so that's, that's on us. If Ooh. we're sexualizing children and we're saying that them touching their own body, because when we do that, if they touch their ear, when they touch their hair, you know, they're thumb suckers, right? So that's a self-soothing uh, behavior that happens. I actually heard that from, um, I want to make the point clear of what, what I hear that you're yeah. saying. I actually heard this from Esther Perel and yes. she was talking about, um, I don't know if she used the word masturbation, but almost I think she was, where masturbation is just a matter of pleasure and we often associate it with just sex Mm -hmm. but she was saying that if you're just thinking about it in pleasure that this could be masturbation sucking your thumb rubbing your hair caressing your leg all of those things are a source of pleasure Mm -hmm. um, and so it could be more than just the, the sexual component exactly. that we offer are associated with it. We are sexualizing it. it, right? So culturally, we're making a decision uh, to sexualize something that is... Ooh, we're making a decision. I don't even think sometimes we realize we that that's don't. a choice. Yeah, we don't realize that often. And, 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 and we're perpetuating things that were taught to us or we think that because of scripture or, you know, again, these a lot of, uh, you know, person-made things, you know, uh, is how we're then perceiving it and and then leading and guiding when it comes to us mentoring you know young mm-hmm. people but uh, essentially again it's a body part that uh, will have a pleasurable sensation you know when it is touched it's important that they know that it's important that they're not caught off guard it's important that they don't feel shame when they start mm-hmm. to explore that more consciously or intentionally there will come a point where it will be for sexual reasons or sexual purposes but there's a lot there are years before it sure. even gets to that right sure. right so it's it's important that we acknowledge that there are different sensations that our body's going to have and so talking about it just matter of factly with genitals you know mm. and just saying you know you you may have already uh you may have already uh, what am I trying to say? You may have already uh, realized. realized. That's the word I was trying to for. <laughs> you may have already realized that when you touch your penis, it might feel good. Right? <laughs> I'm hit him with that when I go home. Yeah, when hey you, kids, you may have already realized, it, like it, Captain it, America yeah. in that one movie where he sat down with the chair. Yeah, listen, you may have already realized <laughs> that when you touch your penis, there's a sensation. It feels good. They're gonna be like, what? Wait, what happened? It's perfectly normal. It's right? perfectly normal. It's perfectly yeah. normal. It's I remember, like, normal. one thing that was really helpful for me learning sex ed was about wet dreams. Like, yeah. they taught me about wet dreams before I had one. Nocturnal emissions. And yeah, and had they not, Nocturnal I don't know emissions. what I would have thought happened. Because yeah. I remember my parents never, you know, brought it up. And the first time it happened, I was like. I, did I sin? I must sin. I did not do. I did not. I liked it. it. Wasn't I me. did like what happened, but I was like, "Yo, what was that?" Yeah. You know what I mean. And having that conversation prior to it happening made it not maybe not feel weird about. Oh man, just have my not just my any nocturnal mission. You <laughs> my know, body's stay. doing we its are, job. Yeah, I only that's had a couple need, of them. Yeah, that's what we need to help them understand is that bodies have functions, parts have functions. My body is is doing its job, and. And it's, again, important that they understand that if they get to know what pleasure feels like for them and what feels comfortable and safe to them, then rest assured, especially when they're in their vulnerable, more vulnerable years, yeah. right, of potential for sexual abuse or trauma or assault, um, that they can set boundaries much better and much more clearly if 
they know what is normal and expected of their bodies. Right. You know, if they don't know and they have no clue, then they won't be able to tell if someone is potentially trying to coerce them, you know, into yeah. a certain act or a situation that doesn't feel safe. You know what's interesting vulnerable. about that? When Tyler Perry talks about his, um, he was molested, mm. and he talked about it, he, he, a lot of it was him, he said, I didn't know. Didn't know I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know if this was wrong. Mm. And then my body was doing this. Yes. So then I felt like, well, it must be right because yes. my body, he actually used the phrase, my body betrayed me mm. because I've he felt like this should be wrong, but my body's reacting in a different way. Maybe if he, or if That's we teach our children. That's the ruins with your mind and your body. Right. Mm-hmm. If we teach our children that, this can happen if you do like if you touch yourself here or someone else touches you your body will respond naturally the same way if you try to touch your eye your your eye will blink automatically so your your penis will you know get hard if Mm -hmm. if it's touched softly or whatever but if the wrong person is doing that then it is still wrong right just because your body is doing that and i feel much more comfortable uh having that conversation i never thought about this as a as a protection for their overall health and sexual safety Mm -hmm. it's just to be fair, honest, all I ever was taught is you're going to get somebody pregnant. Mm. That was the beginning and end. Don't have sex because you're going to get somebody pregnant. And I ain't going to help you take care of that baby. Like, it, it wasn't even said. It's just understood, you know. And then my brother had kids early at like 16. He got a girl pregnant at 15. She was born when he was at 16. And I was like 13. So then it was like, oh, my God, you mm. see what's happening with him and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I feel like that um, it just taught me really to use condoms more than anything. But uh, that fear mm-hmm. is, is, is like layered heavily when that happens. And that happened in our family and like all around us. You know, there's a girl in the eighth grade that got pregnant. It was crazy. Yeah. So but I feel like your phrasing makes you it's, it's just teaching them about like you would teach anything else, how yep. a car works, how anything else. We works. prepare them for math. From day one, right? Once yeah. they enter school, they're getting early math lessons all the way, you know, to those complex mm-hmm. math lessons. We need to be doing the same thing when it comes to talking about sexual health. Yeah. We need to see that these all as opportunities, as teachable moments, as building blocks right. that build over time. As things become more relevant and more then age you get to complicated stuff. Then you add But first you it's add just one block, blue yeah, block. Exactly. I have a question um, that I think um, it's entering my mind so I feel like maybe our listeners might have the same question I feel like a fear that some of us may have I would even say that I could see myself having this fear because it entered my mind and I just kind of know better um, that exposing your kids to these conversations mm-hmm. you may feel like you are opening the door for them to go down the path that they you might accelerate the path that they're going to go down instead of where you feel like you're shielding them and therefore protecting them. Mm-hmm. So how do you like balance having um, conversations? Obviously, they're going to be age appropriate conversations, but sometimes you feel like I don't even want to have the conversation with my kid because they shouldn't even be thinking about that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like reconciling that in your mind so you're able to like prepare your child but you don't feel like and prepare yourself mm-hmm. and maybe that's, that's it. what it, I feel that's like really as your kids is. age we are as parents me me and Melissa we we play around with our kids a lot about like my youngest is just my oldest got a little bit of mustache mm-hmm. youngest has arm hair so our whole thing is stop growing older stop growing older and I feel like for me at least I'm not gonna put this on you Melissa I want to respect your boundaries and your consent Thank to your you. own thoughts Thank you. but if you have these conversations it is an acknowledgement that your kid is growing older Mm -hmm. and you're going to be losing control over 
them. The more they age, the less control you have as far as input. When they're babies, two, three, they don't go out the house. You are 100%, mm-hmm. every input of thought yeah. comes from you. As they grow up, they have their own friends, their own thoughts, TV, movies, whatever, whatever they're watching when you're not around. And do you think it could be that for you, Liz? Because it is partly for me. I mean, um, I want to prepare them, but I feel like a little bit is like, man, you really about to be in eighth grade. No, I don't know if it's that necessarily as much as I would say that if my son is in sixth grade and, for example, my youngest son, he seems, my thoughts, so like oblivious to things. Like sometimes if we're in the car and maybe we're talking about um, porn or so. I remember one time we were, we were having a discussion about porn. I can't remember what it was. And Isaiah was fully aware of what porn is. I don't even know how because it was our first conversation. Joe was like, what's porn? What's this? What's what? I don't understand. What is that? And so I'm like, well, if he's still going to be my little baby, why would I even introduce that concept to him? Like, would I be like tainting him almost because he's he so? Been? This is probably last year. Do you remember this conversation? Nah, um, I don't speak we, of those things. Hello, we were <laughs> I all think the about car. the Lord and His plans. Uh, for my life. I want to say I would say within the last two years. So he's <laughs> okay. what ten now, maybe eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. So. um a good job for having that conversation first off and I'm trying to remember why it came good up good job remember. for trying to prepare for the letting go mm-hmm. right and that's that's a process um, band and dad's club yeah but not infantilizing <laughs> we can't infantilize our children right they're not they're not property um, they're other separate whole human beings. They're going, they got my last name. <laughs> they no. may have your last name, <laughs> but then they may not keep it. They may not want oh, it. What? They may not I want wish you name. would. <laughs> Change your last name. Okay. I don't care if you become the world's greatest rock star and you want to go by the man. It's going to be the man hyphen Frederick. <laughs> so that's about your ego, right? That's about your ego over Ooh. there. Kev's been getting all type of things Ooh. and messages about his ego. I'm just saying. Ooh. Which is why, as long as you know, you acknowledge that that's that's where that it you know is. is coming from, and that's fine, right? That's right, fine. Go sit on my right shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so eighth around the age eight, right? So they're like third grade, usually around mm-hmm. that third grade. Um, they're talking about these things at school. They're exposed to that. Lots of them have these without restrictions. Um, and I remember sex coming up uh, with my nine-year-old now in kin- when he was in kindergarten. Oh, wow. The topic, you know, came mm-hmm. up just out, you know, they're playing because th- when they're in play and with each other at school, that's an opportunity for them to, you know, ch- test some thoughts out, try some things, you know, say some things that maybe they're not allowed to say at home or that they perceive, you know, through mm-hmm. the messages that they get that they're not allowed to. So... It's an opportunity when we can have these conversations um, earlier on with them and with our influence, right? Uh, then it's an opportunity for us to plant some seeds, right, of some understanding and some knowledge and some context so that they're not relying on the external world to explain everything to them because we don't know what what they're going to be told out right. there in that playground, right? Yep. And there are... Uh, Sadly, there are a lot of young people who experience sexual trauma and who act out in different ways sexually as a result. And those things show up on playgrounds. Mm-hmm. Those things show up in classrooms. Um, and so our children are, again, not not sheltered. They're intersecting with other human beings mm-hmm. who are having different experiences. And so it's really important that, um, and this isn't about 
try, you know, being scared and afraid that, oh my gosh, they're going to, you know, just, it's not about scared, it's prepared, right? We're preparing them, we're not scaring them. And so, um, give them the words, the knowledge, the context. Uh, when they're younger, you know, you keep it really kind of direct, right? They're gonna mm -hmm. ans ask a lot of questions. If you have curious children, that's excellent feedback that you're creating a space that's that they feel safe. Um, when you don't get questions or when they seem like, and, and you know, if they're pushing tween and, and teen and they're like, well, they just never ask. I, I just don't think they're thinking about that, you know, mm. then generally that's um, some some ownership that we have to take as parents to say, I we may not be creating an environment where they feel safe Ooh. to ask these questions and talk about these things. Oh, that sure. just hit you right between the eyes, didn't it? Oh, you're not so, asking because they don't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. a safe space? Uh, right. One phrase that you keep coming or saying, and I just wanted to get your definition on it because as you've been talking and I've been kind of creating my own. What is your definition of sexual health? Like, what does that encompass for you? Yeah. So sexual health, again, it's not just about sex. Right. So sexual health encompasses um, our, the, the, the words, the experiences. Um, it encompasses our understanding of our bodies, of how we relate to other people, of our value systems, um, how we're navigating the world uh, as sexual beings. So it's it's not just one component it's not just one aspect and it's very much influenced by a lot of different you know factors our family values our culture that we're around religious or spiritual we we'll be talking about this in the love hour live yeah so so there are a lot of different influences and and things that can impact uh sexual health when you have these conversations with your kids mm -hmm. like specifically surrounding like sexual health mm -hmm. um let's go through like young age, tween age, yeah. high school age, what do those conversations look like? Yeah, so uh, when we've got infants, then during that, that time, that's an opportunity, you know, A, for us to be having conversations with ourselves and caregivers, like what kind of cultures do we want to create within our homes around things like consent, bodies, you know, nudity, you know, how do we handle those kinds of things, relationships, what kind of relationships are we, uh, how are we modeling? sexual health or health in general um, or different values um, and then it's the early conversations have a lot to do with body awareness so using accurate uh, terms to talk about bodies um, not shaming them you know for exploring you know their own bodies and um, then as they start to uh, and, we're, and we're doing consent also mm -hmm. and so a lot of times even in infancy we're we're practicing consent when it comes to other people because that's when a lot of other people may feel mm -hmm. entitled to touch you know your child or you know oh, they're yeah. so cute and you know yeah. all of that stuff and so those can become opportunities where we we establish you know what kind of what culture do we want to have in our home around that that people do need to ask permission right. you know before they just go in and hug you know my child I'm not yeah. wanting my child to feel like they have, have to, to hug strangers or people that they don't know I don't want to put them in that position um, and so you're having so you're so you're thinking about those components at that age um, then as they transition into toddlerhood and um, and as they become more vocal, then that's when you may have questions, lots of questions about the things around them. And so you're wanting to make sure that you're responsive and you're available for those questions, that you're not shutting those things down. Mm -hmm. 
that you're creating that safety. Um, and then as they're transitioning into preschool, um, again, hygiene starts to become, you know, a thing because you're ideally preparing them for independent care, mm -hmm. you know, of their own body. Um, and so you're talking again about what bodies are doing, functions. You're talking about consent. You're talking about friendships, right? So friendships become those early conversations around uh, mm, relationships, sure. sex, intimacy that you'll have later on, right? But it starts with like, what does it mean to be a good friend, mm -hmm. you know? What does it mean to, again, respect the consent of others? You're also talking about instincts and helping them to understand feelings and emotions feelings. that they have. Yes. So deep in the feelings. <laughs> we gotta give them the words, yeah. right? To know what does it mean to feel scared or afraid or worried or anxious um, yeah. or concerned. When we start naming our feelings and modeling that for them, then that builds their instincts. So then you're talking about safe and unsafe mm, touch. That was good. That was good. She, been, she, she got a triple double today. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I just want to pause really quickly. Um, I love that you're going through these steps. Um, that was really good because one of the things that is a goal actually for me in the podcast is giving words to people's feelings. Yeah. I often find that even for me, a lot of times I would feel certain ways or a certain way and I didn't always know how to articulate that to yeah. my husband. So sometimes it just comes across that I'm angry or, the, or I have an attitude or I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely comes um, across. And, hello? And so you don't always know, um, I feel lonely. Yes. I, I'm worried. Yeah. I feel stressed. I feel this. I feel that. And so you act out mm -hmm. and you most of the time those act outs are in line with that underlying emotion, the more yeah. than just like I'm angry right now. Right. But you don't always know that you don't always have that parallel. Um, so even at a young age, being able to name those feelings for your kids, it just prepares them so much yes. you know, more when they're adults and right. they're in these relationships and they're like, I'm just mad. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm mad. Right. And, and because you, if you're not given the space to feel, if you're shut down and that is where like toxic masculinity, you know, can definitely TM, come in. Good old yeah, TM. The good old TM. <laughs> that's where that can come in. It's like, you know, don't cry. You know, shut up. What You, you ain't got nothing oh, to cry about. So All then that you, stuff. Yeah. So then you repress. So you just turn that into anger. You turn if that you into anger. If you watch the new season of Stranger Things, that's what happened to Billy. Oof. Yeah. Because then, then when you see other people emoting. When you see other people allowed to express right. themselves freely, mm -hmm. that that triggers you know upset and frustration because you've not been allowed to, to do, do that. that, and then you start you know to not about access that. that. I, we always make fun of white people for how they let their kids talk to them, yeah. like they yell at them or whatever. We weren't even allowed to express any feeling mm -hmm. be, before even like I'm not saying we should be able to disrespect our parents by any stretch, but the line of disrespect would. Even even giving your mom or dad an answer that they did not like right. was the wrong answer. Right. Even if it was the truth. Right. So now you're just like, I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what's out of There's so many times your parents are just in a bad mood yep. and they're mad at you. You talking back, you ask the question, you know, just it's just it's so much and you you realize like when we try to talk to our kids, a lot of times they so now me and Melissa go about this all the time. We try to be open with our kids and let them express themselves. Then they just be asking too many questions. And you want <laughs> so bad to like, boy, shut up and do it because I said. <laughs> but you, we've done so much in the way that they, we let them understand why we do this. But then it just comes across as ungrateful because, you know, so now my oldest, he's smart into it. Mm -hmm. Like, so today I made Old Bill for the whole family, right? 
and um, we put it in bowls. Hey, come have oatmeal ready, right? So he comes, takes he takes a forty five minute shower. By the way, yes, oh, he yeah. did. He said he was cleaning his hair in the shower. I was like, oh, you take showers because you don't see the bills. Yeah, you take showers like the water is free. has no context. No, no context. Yeah. So then he comes out the shower. He looking at the oatmeal. He's like, actually, I don't like that type of oatmeal. I'm grateful that you made it, but I appreciate the packet oatmeal you more than service. that. Is it okay if I don't eat that? And I was just like, yes, it is fine. <laughs> and the inner black parent in me was like, boy, if you don't eat every morsel, finishing your food like so much of that, that's why I weigh what I weigh. Because sure. it was instilled in yeah, me yeah. to eat all the food. Me and Tony joke about that. Tony Baker, a friend of mine, eats everything on his plate regardless of if he, he likes it or not. He's 42 years old. We we're like, Tone, why though? Because when I was a kid, I got in trouble because I didn't eat the chicken. You, 40 though. No, there's no trouble. Because me and Melissa, we be ordering stuff. If I don't like it, I don't eat it. And he, we don't take it for leftovers. Like, why? Because there's no, we don't want it. I don't want it now. I don't want it later. But so much of that is from childhood. Yes. Somebody telling you, you cannot leave this table until you eat everything on your plate. So You'd be about to throw up. Yeah. From Melissa was saying, I don't remember what it was she didn't like. But our parents just made her. You just have to eat it to worry. Like I'm all, I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. So you and I never learn not that to trust to your body. In that, you learn not to listen to what your body was telling you. That your body uh, is not correct or right or mm. worth listening to. And so again, how are we preparing them for healthy relationships with others? Because often then you become vulnerable to abusive dynamics with others. Because right. you're used to someone else telling you how you feel, what you want, what you like, what you need. Is that okay? You're you're sir, you're you're then in service to other people in that kind of way, as opposed to being fully attuned and aware to and feeling like you have the right to set limits and boundaries. It's so good. And that's in those moments we're telling them that you don't have a right to say no. Who right. are you? To say no. So That's good. too much. Okay, keep going down your path. I just want to grow yeah. up and get out of it. I know, so right, because it's too much. No it's like, too much. A dog just does what I say. <laughs> Shut up, dog. Why didn't someone just tell us early, right? Man. But, but yeah, so basically, yeah, then, then you know, you're having the conversations nowadays definitely about porn and, you know, media literacy and sexually explicit media and all of that stuff. Those things are ideally happening when they're in um, elementary school. Usually just, you, if you're going to give them a device, and especially if the device doesn't, you know, doesn't have certain restrictions, mm -hmm. you know, built in in place, and it's very hard these days, even if you think you yeah, did this or that. It's I mean, nearly impossible. It is so, so hard. You should still try Bless still, your heart. still try but and also yeah. make it a collaborative thing that you do with the young person yeah. so that they build an intrinsic understanding of responsibility and of choices that are responsible. I think that is so good. I think when um, kids while out when they get like college age, mm -hmm. it's because they haven't. Yes. yes. They've been so anxious. I have yes. a funny story about that. Yes. When I was in college, it was my first year. I realized how different people were prepared because my mom made us wash our clothes at 11. You had to wash, fold your own clothes. I mean, that we had to cook dinner. Like we had to be able to do. She didn't make us do it all the time, but we had the skills. But you knew how. Yes. When I went to college, I was in line at the financial, the uh, the lunch place to put money on my card, and there was a parent there who was like, "So you give this kid like my kid has forty dollars a day to eat whatever they want?" And they're like, "Yeah." She was like, "Yeah," but I saw they have like a they had like a convenience store in one of our dorms. It had like ice cream, Ben and Jerry's, you know. All, it was like a Seven Eleven. So she's like, "So there's ice cream available for him," and they're like, "Yeah." She's like, "What if my son wants to eat ice cream for breakfast? How are you guys cream. gonna stop him?" And the person was just like, 
I, I don't, a stomach ache? I don't know. How do you right. how do you expect us to stop your this eighteen year old from eating ice cream for breakfast? That's what he wants. She was livid yeah. that you didn't stop a college freshman from eating ice cream for ma'am. If he don't know by now that you shouldn't eat ice cream for breakfast, yeah. you have done him a disservice. You have. He's gonna that learn part. that your stomach hurts <laughs> yeah. if you eat ice cream for breakfast. But I think now I'm realizing that's more of a like. You want to dictate to your kids everything, and then when they get to college, they can finally dictate. It's funny we were talking about because I didn't do crazy good in high school. I had like four point A lot of kids that failed got crazy good grades. And one of the teachers was like, "What ends up happening is in high school, your parents tell you to do your homework. Teachers do your homework. Do this, do that. They remind you. And in college, nobody reminds you of anything. Yeah. The teacher gets paid whether you do it or not, yep. show up or not, and people are not able to do this stuff. Yep." On their own, not being micromanaged anymore, and now and now they suck at it. Yep. They can't wake up their own. Alarm. Okay, I've been talking too long. No, that's that, that was good. That is excellent. I can say again, having a college aged uh, young person, like we've ha- doing the preparatory work early, absolutely. My young person, I couldn't tell you unless she tells me. You know, what are her grades? You know, what did she do that this day versus that day? What club she's in, and all this stuff until she tells me because she's living a life that she guides and directs. Because I trust her. Do you pay for it though? No, oh, not okay. not not fully. No, yeah, she's on scholarships oh, okay. and and she's got some financial aid and all yeah. of that stuff. And I think, and I will say this: I think to some degree that can be helpful mm-hmm. when they're not just having everything just handed to them, yeah. right, right. right? Take some ownership. In and it. if right, they've got to have. So when like she started driving, for example, um, you know, I wasn't. We weren't paying for like the car and mm-hmm. the gas, and you know, she had to make payments and do and and that pay for her gas and all of that. And so you want to go somewhere, pay for it. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, because that's how life is. It wasn't from a punishment standpoint. No, no, right? it's preparatory. It's just like okay, well, how how are you going to have gas to go where you want to go? Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. problem solve together. What are your thoughts? Like yeah. they they need to be invested in the life that they want to live. It's not our lives that they're living. Right. And so again, more we can move away from ego the more we can see that that they're on a journey that's uniquely theirs and it's just our role for the time that we're with them to help prepare them that's to help share really some insights right you so help prepare you it's actually when you when you have that kind of mindset you actually can have a lot more like hands off you know experience and and they get to fly they get to flourish because they're not then motivated by something that's unnatural, which is whether mom or dad is going to be mad or me fear. or not. Yeah. And fear. I right? learned that early with even sports. Like, I wanted both of my kids to play sports, mm. dominate. Yeah. Because I was such a dominator in my mind, not actually on the field. But um, I wanted to play basketball because I did, and football. I put my son in football, my oldest son. When I tell you this kid has not a competitive ounce of juice in his body. <laughs> he was in Washington playing flag football with his hands in his sweatshirt. I was like, how are you going to pull the flag out? He's like, I'm not. It's cold. I didn't even ask to be on this team. It's raining. I'm not doing it. We put him in soccer a couple years ago. They were in a playoff game. My youngest son is competitive to the bone like I am. Oldest son was standing in the little, the sun had moved. There was a shaded corner. They're in the playoffs. The game tied. He took a break and was standing in the shade. We're like, what are you doing? He's like, it's it's hot over there. He's smart. So we took him. He's like, I'm not really sports like that. My youngest son is sports out of this. And that was the first parent thing that I realized, oh, that's not really their thing like that. That's my thing. And then the funny thing is I was trying to impose sports on them. They took after me in other ways. 
my older son is creative like I am and he works like animating and stuff and my younger son said he wants to be a comedian so I was forcing them to play basketball to be like me they want to be like me what I really am <laughs> I ain't even in the NBA right they was hating because my coach didn't play me because it was politics right. <laughs> you know just but it's clear. just like I, I think a lot of parents ours included we we start with ownership. You are my yes. child. Yes. This for your your life ain't even yours. Right. You're representative of me. Yes. You res, you act right in public because you reflect me. You're an extension. This is my house. Ain't no privacy. Right. You don't lock your door in your room. This right. is my door. Until you you know how many times I heard until you pay right. you don't have no say so till you pay bills. Yep. You literally do not matter. Do you do you got McDonald's money? Then you can't <laughs> you can't even desire McDonald's. Yeah. That's okay. what we're teaching our babies yes. on the sexual health, reproductive health, mm-hmm. digestive health. Amen. Digestive. If you want McDonald's, <laughs> you must be able to pay for said McDonald's. Right. But what we're teaching them is they don't love themselves. <laughs> there you go. And we don't love them. So then when they are 18, 19, 20, whatever that looks like for them, and they have to pay bills, they have to navigate relationships, but they They're don't have the prepared. skills. Mm-mm. And we are like on a cruise, cut them off, like we're done. Are you 18, my boy? You know, right? And we're not preparing them yeah. for navigating their lives good at this, that Melissa. are theirs. Oh, y'all like it. Thank like you. Y'all are good at, at what y'all doing. Oh, I, this is really good. I want to say, I want to say this um, that. Uh, Receiving this invitation like meant a lot because Aww. the work that you all are doing is very heart centered, and I can tell. And I'm just I'm so I'm so happy to know that parents like you all are out there, and that you all are using a platform to help support other families in relationship, mm-hmm. you know, in parenting, um, because that's that's what we need. We have to keep like right. challenging these narratives, yes. and sometimes we have to see examples of right. what that examples. even looks like. Yes. So I just want to say that I, I, I appreciate you. what y'all do in this. I want to say thank you so much and allowing us to have this conversation long. Um, I think it was necessary because I think people like to just hear. Make sure I want to make sure you have the platform to talk. And thank right. you so much for. She's from Austin, Texas, so from flying out. Thank you coming for out. Me. Thank you. She brought us shirts. We have our shirts. Sex and she got me a Beyonce a calendar. Yeah. A Beyonce calendar. A Beyonce candle <laughs> and an air freshener. So you guys are like totally besties now because yeah. Melissa believes that Melissa, Beyonce is Melissa. a bigger brand than Disney. Listen, I don't know why y'all let me say them words out of my mouth. We, we were trying to stop you. That was the whole Y'all gotta tell me to shut up sometimes, girl. You're talking nonsense. Um, What's funny about that, just really quickly, is people on Twitter didn't realize on Instagram, I was like, I was wrong. I gotta shut up sometimes. People were just going off in the comments, tagging me. I'm not gonna go out back and forth with you. (laughs) I ain't got time. Um, Anyways, thank you so much. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I definitely learned some things. Mm. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as well. um, tell them where they can reach you. Yeah. So sexpositivefamilies.com is the website. Tons of resources that help you raise sexually healthy children and support sexual health in your family. You can find us on Instagram at sexpositive underscore families. Um, and we're also on Facebook uh, at sexpositivefamilies. So we have a community of amazing parents, caring adults, and professionals out there that are committed to doing better than they did, than they had when they were growing up. So and when we have you back, we can talk about nudes not being a dirty word and the openness of your body expressing that and sharing she that only talks to children with your husband okay. Maybe to, I mean children become adults become women children. You know, so. thank you again so very much thank you guys thank you. for joining us thank you so much to our sponsors Lola uh, Green Chef uh, Third Love 
I'm missing the first one. Simple Health. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the podcast. Don't forget that sponsoring our, or sponsoring, supporting our sponsors is supporting the podcast. Um, the podcast is free to you, but it is ad supported. So thank you guys so much for your help. Uh, don't forget that the Love Hour Conference is coming. I'm going out to Atlanta this week where we will be doing all types of things. I'll be doing some behind the scenes stuff. If you're interested in registering, the link to that will be in the description box. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Until next time. Bye. Bye, cuz.